From Infinite Guest, this is Top Score, a weekly visit with contemporary composers who make video game soundtracks. I'm Emily Reese. I got to meet John Williams and tell him that Empire Strikes Back is the reason why I became a composer, and he was so gracious. Composer Neil Acree has written music for some of the most popular games in the world. Games like World of Warcraft, Starcraft, and Diablo 3, all of which were made by a company called Blizzard Entertainment. Today, Thursday, November 13th of 2014, Blizzard releases new content for World of Warcraft called Warlords of Draenor. Neil and the team of composers who wrote the music for Warlords of Draenor just won a Hollywood Music in Media Award for that score. So we end up in this conversation talking about cinematics a lot. Cinematics are the part in a game where you're not playing, you're watching something unfold, an, an animated film, as it were. It's telling you story, giving you history, giving you instructions, whatever that might be. Neil has scored numerous cinematics for the Blizzard games. We also talk about a character I made uh, for one of my own playthroughs in the game Diablo 3. Now, in that game, you can choose to make one of your characters something called a hardcore character, which means once it dies, it's dead forever. You can never go back and play that character again. You can never access any of the materials that that player picked up or maybe crafted along the way. All of it's gone. So as you're trying to level that character up, it can get pretty scary if you are on the brink of death because, of course, then everything you had worked for is gone forever. In any event, please enjoy the conversation I had the pleasure of having with composer Neil Acree. So again, thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure to get to know you better and talk a little bit about you and your music. I've been looking forward to it. Tell me a little bit about your evolution as a musician. When did you first start getting into music? What was your first instrument? If you had one, how did that work for you? I remember Empire Strikes Back. I think my dad took me to the drive-in to see it. I I went to Toys R Us and I bought the soundtrack. And I remember seeing a, a documentary on like behind the scenes on Star Wars or on Empire Strikes Back specifically and them talking about the music and somehow thinking oh I, I didn't realize that somebody does that and you know I, I wasn't you know at, at that age thinking oh I have to be a composer but somehow the seed was planted for sure and um, my first instrument was guitar and uh, you know my dad tells a story of how because he, he plays a bunch of instruments like guitar and and uh, violin, hammered dulcimer, some you know Celtic instruments. And, oh, wow! And he uh, he had them all over the house, and he would he dabble. He you know learn a couple songs on each, and then move on to a different one. So he had them all over the house. And he was kind of hoping that that I would uh, pick up an instrument and get into <laughs> music myself. Mm-hmm. So by the time I was fourteen, he had kind of given up because I hadn't really shown much interest. He'd, he'd kind of given up, you know, on the idea of of that happening. So he kind of started. For various reasons, kind of packing up the instruments and you know giving up on that idea, and mm. like right after he packed up the last one, 
you know, I said, hey, I want to play guitar. Started playing guitar at 14, you know, wanted to be in a rock band like a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, took, took lessons for a while and then uh, started, started playing keyboard and piano as well, just sort of as a, as a tool to, you know, to write songs. When did you start writing songs then? R- right away. That was always the thing. I, I would, I'd start learning other people's music and then within a few minutes was already like, oh, I just, I just want to do something my, of my own. And Thanks. it's always been the case. So what was the first game you worked on? World of Warcraft Burning Crusade. Uh, I did the opening cinematic and yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing title to be the, the first thing I do in, in the game industry. Yeah, like and, go uh, big or go home, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I did the opening cinematic for that, which was an amazing experience. For sure. How did that happen? At the time, I had done done and had been doing uh, a lot of TV, like the the Stargate uh, SG One and Atlantis series. And um, my agent at the time kind of had more of a background in uh, in games, and was kind of kept talking about, oh, you, well, "Would you be interested in doing games?" I'm like, "Absolutely! It'd be cool to just do anything musically. I'm I'm up for anything." So, um, you know, he he had sort of been in the right place at the right time because he represented somebody that Blizzard was talking to, like a really big name. And the um, the deal didn't work out. And, and sort of as a, as a thank you for, for him making the introduction, they said, oh, you have anyone else on your roster you'd like to send our way? And, mm. and so they did. And I got a chance to do a demo, which I, which I did and, and got the job based on the demo. This music comes from World of Warcraft Cataclysm. And then went to a classical music program at, at college and ended up kind of getting deeper into that. And as I did, it just kind of evolved naturally. And then one of my teachers was a keyboard player. He plays on a lot of scores. Um, and, and he took me to a couple sessions, like Shirley Walker's uh, Turbulence session and uh, John Debney's uh, Liar Liar session at a major studio. And, and so t- to get to see that happen right in front of me and, and just to, to meet the people that did that who were so down to earth and it just seemed like something real like that I could actually do. Mm. And I asked I asked my teacher, I said, do you think that's something I could do? And he said, no, absolutely not. You you shouldn't do it. I don't think you have what it takes. Oh, no, really? Yeah, I think he was he was trying to make sure that if I wanted to do it, that I really wanted to do it. Sure. And he's kind of trying to weed out the weaklings. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I came to the realization that you know, I just really enjoyed doing it and would rather starve doing it than do anything else. And you're not starving. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. 
Let's talk a little bit uh, about some of these specific projects. World of Warcraft. I mean, if you were to estimate how much music you've written for World of Warcraft, could you ballpark it? It's it would be in the hours. Nowhere near as much as you know Russell Brower or, or any of the the guys on staff have written, but uh, definitely you know over three hours. Probably. I mean that's significant. That's a significant chunk of music, and I realize it's a it's a large game, but uh, some of this music has been so well. I shouldn't say some of this music has been so well received. It, this is great music. Let's talk about Night Elves. That is a beautiful piece of music. Yeah, the uh, game title was was Night Elves, but it ended up being dubbed Night Song on the soundtrack. So it's either way, either name works. But that was um, for World of Warcraft Cataclysm, and um, we're kind of doing, in some ways, an update to some of the original World of Warcraft music. And in other ways, we're doing, uh, you know, the, the world had been torn apart, so we were kind of adding a lot of emotion and just adding a lot to the game based on. The fact that the world was being torn apart by this Deathwing dragon that was flying around, breathing fire, and you know, everything. So, yeah, the the night elves had been driven from their homeland and were you know ha- having to find a new home. So, I, I wrote a song called "Plight of the Night Elves," and I just it, it ended up feeling like this doesn't. It feels more like a song than like underscore for the game. And I kind of felt like, well, maybe it's maybe it's not right for this game. And I kind of. I kept setting it aside and, and thinking, yeah, you know, I didn't even want to submit it. Wow! Um, and it kind of it kind of came together organically because the singer Lori Ann House that I had been working with, I was going to have her sing on another track I had written, so I had her do some improv, and then that turned into the song. We kept kind of feeding feeding off each other. I would do something, send it to her, she'd do more, and then it just kind of came together organically. At the end, I I sent it to Russell and I said, yeah, you know, I don't know if this has any place in the game it's it's kind of like like a song and it's i don't know i just what do you think and then it it ended up being you know my most popular piece that i've written for the, for the game expansion coming out for World of Warcraft. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, Warlords of Draenor. Um, I was very fortunate to be included in the team at the beginning of the project, and and we did this on Cataclysm, is we would do a a concept music phase at the beginning, just based on having been given a description of the game and seen some artwork. And then we're just sent off to kind of write like about five minutes of whatever comes to mind, you know, like mm-hmm. a theme, just, just any, anything that we want to try out that, that we feel kind of sums up our initial impressions of the game. 
And that gets recorded with orchestra. Oh, wow. Just as is, you know, like whatever, whatever we want to do. And, you know, some really interesting stuff happens there because there's no preconceived ideas other than our initial reaction to, to what we're, you know, we're seeing. Yeah. And then we, we're, we're all there at the session. We, we hear the ideas, you know, being created. And then we, then we go off and, you know, work on the score independently. But we, we have that kind of initial hearing everyone else's idea. And, and mm-hmm. oftentimes we're, we're, I'm always inspired to hear other people's stuff. Like, oh, I wish I wrote that. I wish I, <laughs> you know, I, I, may, I might have written like a, you know, a big loud piece. And, so, and I hear someone else like do like a, you know, very quiet, subtle piece. And, and I'll say, oh, I want to do one of those. And then it, that person, you know, wants to write a big piece like mine. So we end up kind of trying different ideas out based on what the other person's doing. And <laughs> it's, it makes for a great team effort, which, you know, it's it's a challenge to to get that many composers in one place and and yes. have have the end result sound anything cohesive at all. This comes from the opening cinematic from Warlords of Draenor, the brand new content. Also worked on StarCraft. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that universe because that is a, that's a whole nother ball game, isn't it? Musically, it's a lot more of a hybrid electronic orchestra kind of approach. There, there's, you know, I, I do a lot of the cinematics, so a lot of what I do is kind of the direction is dictated by these the movies that, that have temp scores in them and kind of trying to create a, like a cutting edge sound and, and do some experiments with, you know, sound manipulation and mixing different different elements like electronics and percussion and vocals and mm-hmm. orchestra. But that, that one's a lot of fun for me. I really enjoy it. How much time do you usually have to score like a three or five minute cinematic? Anywhere from a year to one day. <laughs> at, at this point, I've I've covered the whole spectrum. One day. I want to hear that yeah. story. Yeah, just sometimes you just you, you get a call and it's like, well, guess what? We we need <laughs> we need this by tomorrow. And you're like, okay. Wow. Coming from the TV side of things where you had to knock out an entire 30 minutes of score in a week. The schedules are, are luxurious in the game, at least in my experience in the, in the game world. So I'm, I'm, you know, got a little spoiled. So when, I, when someone asks me for something, you know, five minutes the next day, I'm like, well, if, I can certainly do that. I've done it before. Wow. Yeah. TV is a grind, isn't it? Yeah. But some people love that. Were you, I mean, did you enjoy that aspect of it or was that just a little too hectic? 
There's something very rewarding about finishing an episode every week. You have this, this sense of accomplishment, like you, you get it done and, and at the end of the episode you send it off and it's like, you know, you you finish something, you're done. Whereas working on a game for like a year and you keep you know, sending stuff, sending stuff, and then and then like a month goes by and say, okay, we need you know more of this, and then you need some remixes of this, and you know, it's, you don't quite have that. When it's finally done, you're like, is it really done? Is it really done? And then you see it on the shelves at Target, and like, okay, I guess it's done. You know? <laughs> or at least, but I love I love the idea that it just keeps going, and you know, you keep working on it and and coming up with new stuff. Yes, I mean because these are ever changing worlds. I mean, a game like World of Warcraft. Starcraft, those games are constantly getting new content. Yeah, and you know the players spend so much time in the in the game that you know I, I imagine they get bored. They would get bored really quickly if they they only had you know an hour of music and and they're playing for forty hours a week. This comes from Starcraft Two. It's called Wings of Liberty. experience with the fans of either side of World of Warcraft or Starcraft? Yeah, I, I, I like to go to the events and, and mingle, you know, inconspicuously. I just kind of observe and, uh, you know, they're, they're so enthusiastic about the game and they, you know, they dress up and, and they celebrate the lore. It's, it's, it's a great feeling to know that what I'm doing is being appreciated and, and that they care that much about it. And Whenever I'm, you know, in the mood for either a laugh or to feel better about myself or, or something, I'll go to YouTube and I'll I'll scroll through some of the comments and they can be extremely flattering and just kind of hilarious as well. Just some of the adjectives they use and, you know, on YouTube they have likes and, and dislikes. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, you know, 97 dislikes and I'll like, well, why, why don't they like it? And I'll read down and they'll be like, you know, I hate the horde or something like that's why they hate it because they don't like the, you know, the <laughs> faction in the game. <laughs> but which, you know, it's great. I, lo- I love that, they're, that the game inspires that much passion and, and emotion. I've put more time than I will ever admit to any human being on this planet into Diablo 3. Awesome. I have put, I just yesterday got my trophy for getting my hardcore player up to level 70. <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. It was quite a feat. I almost died at level 69 and a third, and I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> my roommate was sitting on the sofa with me, and I just got into this mob, and I was like, <gasps> I mean, I just made like the most horrible sound and she's like, what? Anyway, enough. I love the game and the score is fantastic. I mean, these all of these games, World of Warcraft, StarCraft, Diablo, these are games that people have 
almost lifelong relationships with at this point. You know, I mean, some of these people have been playing these games for so many years. I mean, what what is that like for you to get to work on something like this? I know it's 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 a huge responsibility, and I I know that going in every time that people take it really seriously, and I just I always want to do the best I can to give them something that that feels like part of the world that they're used to that they've been living with and you know they're so passionate about it that before Russell Brower had even written a note of Diablo 3 uh, he was being burned in effigy on YouTube they were <laughs> literally burning a picture of him because he wasn't Matt Ullman you go into it knowing that you know they're they really like their original music and you know we we try to be true to it and in, in the case of Diablo 3, uh, I, was, I was doing cinematics and uh, some of the cinematics and, you know, it's doing very specific things like the character intros, like the witch doctor and each of the, each of the you know, the, the character introductions. So I, I was kind of doing ethnically specific things that kind of fit the, the overall vibe of the character as well as the intro to the, to the intro cinematic to the game. Um, so it's like... I wasn't the one that was tasked with kind of keeping this, the Diablo 3 sound alive in the underscore, but it was it's a huge responsibility. Uh, we talked a little bit about this with World of Warcraft, but the different classes in Diablo 3, Witch Doctor, Mage, you know, Paladin, well, Paladin is relatively new, but, uh, you know, all of these very different types. Tell me about some of the instruments you incorporated to reflect that. Well, the... the um, like for for witch doctor, for example, the 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 voiceover was was also a, a key to getting inside the character. Is there was kind mm-hmm. of an African sounding voiceover, so I kind of you know went for some African kind of marimba type instruments, and for the the monk, it was kind of like kind of a Russian sounding voice. So um, you know, very Russian manly choir and uh, you know duduk and slightly Middle Eastern sounding instruments and then the wizard was uh kind of had a japanese feel to it so i mm-hmm. went with that and got the shakuhachi and the taiko drums Composers for Charity? Yes. Tell me about that project. So Tina Guo, who's, you know, a cellist, I know you've spoken to her recently. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, you know, she's a tour de force, internationally re- renowned uh, cello virtuoso who's put together an album of songs written specifically for for cello that she performed. And the, the album is going to benefit the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation, which helps fund underfunded school music programs. I think having music in in schools is extremely important for for kids, you know, just not just to be musicians growing up, but just to have the discipline of playing an instrument and just to widen their horizons.
Well, Neil, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. I really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to Top Score, part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. You can listen to our other programs at infiniteguest.org, like Home Dunk with John Moe or Secret Skin with Open Mike Eagle. I'm Emily Reese. Top Score's production assistants are Pierce Huxtable and Nina Potok. Mark Hintz mixes each episode. Top Score is supported in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts, Artworks. Follow Top Score on Twitter and Facebook at Top Score Podcast. That's Top Score. I'm Emily Reese.